Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Distraction Pieces podcast, episode 475. Um, I'm a bit croaky because I've just been screaming for a self-tape. You don't need to know that. Um, This week's guest is someone I was so excited to talk to. It's Caitlin Dever. I got her up to see if I'd like to talk to Caitlin on the kind of promo run for Ticket to Paradise, her new film with Julia Roberts and George Clooney, literal icons of the screen. And I jumped at it because Justified is one of, if not my favourite TV show of all time. Booksmart is an all-time great, in my opinion. Unbelievable was unbelievable. So there was so much we wanted to talk about. And we talk about all of that, but we also talk about a couple of things I wasn't expecting. And there's one moment in particular, which I think you'll notice, that I think is my favourite podcast moment of the year. It's something I wasn't expecting, and you'll hear me try and gather myself to continue talking about it. (laughs) But Caitlin was amazing. Um, We've both worked with Jonathan Tucker, and we both have huge love and respect for that man. So it's always good to find a little connection at some point early on so we can get out of press junket mode and into just two people talking mode. And I felt this was two people talking and I couldn't have enjoyed it more. Uh, so yeah, as ever, we're brought to you by speechdevelopmentrecords.com. I've just launched my first new bits of merch over there in like a year or so, over a year. Um, you can head to patreon.com forward slash Scroobius Pipio to support on Patreon for like a dollar a month if you want to just chip in to the podcast. And you can head to twitch.tv forward slash Scroobius Pipio for all of the goodness over there on Twitch. I'm having a wonderful time on Twitch. I've started playing... Uh, player unknown battlegrounds again but there's also just a lot of chat and interaction stories so it's the best place to actually interact with me at the moment more so than social media these days but anyway let's get into the conversation this is episode 475 of the distraction pieces podcast with caitlin dever Right, I'm here today with Caitlin Diva. How are you? Oh, I'm really, really good. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Are you in the UK for this press? I am. I am. And how are you yeah. finding it? Have, have, have you spent a lot of time over here? What's the... Okay. So usually when I'm here and I come here for, usually for work promotion mm-hmm. uh, for projects and I never, I'm, I've spent, well, when I was 18, I, I did a Shakespeare course at RADA. Oh, but, wow. Um, so I got my London experience in then, and then I haven't ever really explored outside, like in the countryside at all. So I just actually had the chance to do that with my parents before the premiere here, oh, wow. um, which we had the best time I went up and drove through the Cotswolds and up to Lake District and then into Scotland. And I had the best time. I went swimming in a river where no one was around. It was just, oh, it was so good. Or I guess a a lock. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. (laughs) So many people come to the UK and just come to London or Manchester or somewhere like that. But as soon as you get just outside of Manchester and the North and Scotland, there's so much beauty. It's so just rolling hills. And I'm a big wild swimming fan. So that was, that's absolute music to my ears of just finding somewhere to just swim peacefully it's glorious right Uh, yeah it's so it's like one of the most beautiful places i've ever been um just 
It looks like heaven. Yeah, I love it. I'm glad you've got to experience it this time around. I know I did, and then I got to come back here and 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 do all of this stuff for a ticket. But yeah, it's it's been it's been really nice. I, I oops, that was my phone dropping on the floor. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, I always love coming to London. It's one of my favorite places. Yeah. Um, well, well, there's loads I want to talk to you about. Of course, including your your new film, Ticket to, to Paradise, but. We've got a decent chunk of time here, so I want to work my way through talking about (laughs) book smarts and unbelievable and to hear your journey in general. But I want to start things off. I guested on a podcast about five years ago, and it's a podcast called Hardcore Listing. And what you do, you go on there and you pick a top five of any subject. It could be your top five cakes. It could be anything. And I picked TV shows, and my number one and number two was battled out between... The Shield and a little show called Justified, which I just think is absolutely astounding. So I want to talk a little bit about that, if that's okay. Because you were working on that so young, right? From what you've said there, I would have thought you came and did the RADA course in the middle of of all of that, right? Was that before? Was that? Um, So it was even before. Justified was even before that. So I did the RADA course when I was 18. Right. I did. I started Justified when I was thirteen. Wow! It's funny that you know that you're bringing this up. I haven't talked about it in a, a long time, Justified, but I I did just actually recently go back and and watch it, and I it's so weird, you know, when you like watch old videos of yourself, like mm-hmm. when you're a kid. It's just so crazy to think that that is the same person, you know. And I I honestly can't believe I did that. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. It's like part of it I don't even remember and parts of it I I are so ingrained into my brain that it just is that was such a transformative time in my in my life and I was surrounded by these legends and I can't even believe that I was there doing that kind of stuff with with them and that they allowed me to, you know. It was one of those things that happened upon my life. I remember the audition very kind of it's almost like a foggy part of my my memory, but I do remember the audition and then I didn't even get a call back. I just booked it. And then it was only supposed to be for like one episode. And then, um, and then they started bringing me back for a second. And then they're like, they kind of started telling me we want you back for the whole season. And that was just like, that's, that had never happened to me before. And I loved that character so much. My God, it was such an opportunity at such a, such an insane opportunity at such a young age. I feel like yeah, and and to be around, I mean, I I always feel like every job I book, I learn more on set than I learn anywhere else. So just the thought of being that age and being around Timothy uh, Walton Goggins, all these uh, just this amazing cast, it must have been a hell of a a school for you as well to kind of learn more and more. Yeah, you know, I never I I did acting classes when I was nine. And that was, I did that for about six months. And then that was really the only like acting classes I've ever done aside from the RADA thing, which was really, that was so hard and and very, very different from anything I've ever done before. But I see all of my jobs as a, as a really big learning experience and a lesson each time. And that was a big part of my, um, you know, I was so young. I was, I was the youngest cast member there and all of these adults around me that that really didn't ever like treat me like a a little kid even though I was 13 14 years old like they really I felt like an equal down there and it was a real real family environment too they 
they felt like, um, you know, they really loved making that show. Like I, I still think about that experience and how lucky I was to just be able to have that kind of memory to like look back on and, and, and know that I was a part of something that was so loved by just the people that made it. Obviously I know it's yeah. loved by so many in the world, but they really, that team of people just loved creating together. And I'm so, you know, I'm so lucky that I got to be involved in that at such a young age. A hundred percent. I was doing a show recently with Jonathan Tucker and we were oh my filming, God. Uh, we were filming for seven months. And on the first day in the canteen, I was like, look, I need to get it out of the way and tell him how much I love Justified because otherwise it's it's just going to be awkward. So, and again, I think he was expecting me to bring up, you know, Westworld or Sleepers, all these amazing things. Yeah. And we just talked about Justified and he talked about how much everyone, it's exactly as you've said, how much everyone on that show l- loved their character. And I think that comes across. Everyone was so deep into their character that the storylines could change pace, could have slow-paced a couple of episodes or could get really ramped up mm-hmm. but the characters were so realized that you know you'd get drawn along with it and he'd just worked with you again I think on on Monsterland at that point when we were filming in Canada oh no way what did you guys make together um a show called Debris oh right um, okay okay it was amazing oh, wow. again it was another one I, I touched earlier upon about learning on set Tucker was one of those people that I just watched constantly because he's such an yeah enigma as as just a as a creator and performer it's fascinating he's the kind of person that literally sends me the i i won't hear from him for a couple months and he'll send me a text and say i hope you have the best day today caitlin and it's just like i love i love tucker i'm i'm i've known him now for a long time and that season that we did justified together i i had remembered another big actor that i got to work with which is sam elliott which was so great So I just realized that when we were talking about that season that Tucker was in. Oh my God, Sam Elliott. This is yeah. so crazy. Oh, I love that show. I it's love mad, it. right? Well, I'm I'm going to jump about a bit, but speaking of working with legends <laughs> in Ticket to Paradise, you're not only working alongside Julia Roberts and George Clooney, they're your parents. <laughs> How amazing is that? Because again, I do think both of them, they're they're their back catalogues just r- r- resonate with with some of the best performances and best films in a variety of genres as well, which, again, I want to talk to you about because I think you've jumped a lot around g- genre, which is always fascinating. How was it to to book a gig with those guys and then to, to go off and work with them for this period? Yeah, you know, um, I read... So I read the script when I um, was actually shooting Dope Sick and... Mm-hmm. You know, just immediately one of those scripts that you just kind of know that it's going to be a good time making it. But, and then I found out that they were going to be playing my parents. And, you know, it's so mind blowing to me also, but the fact that, you know, all put his trust in me to, to, to do that and to play their daughter is insane to me. And, you know, it's, it's a nerve, nerve wracking and daunting thing. And then once you actually meet them, they're just, incredible people they're and they're people you know they're they they are movie stars 
But as soon as I met them, like, oh, these are just like, this. they are a very real, this is a real person standing in front of me. And God, they were just so amazing. George is such a good time. Julia is so, it was immediately so sweet and kind and generous to me and my sister. My sister was out there with me in Australia. And I learned so much with from the both of them, just being around them and in their presence and seeing how they interact with with people on set and their professionalism. It's just really, you know, and they've, they've lived, they've had really, really incredible, insane careers and um, I've admired them for so long. So it's just kind of surreal to get to act two feet away from their face and mm-hmm. for it to feel like organic and, and normal. <laughs> it's like really, it was so yeah, it was so cool. I, I love it. Does the normalness drift in and out over a shoot, or does it once it <laughs> becomes normal, it's normal? Because with people of that size, I always find if we've had a really early call, there'll be a point where I'm just like, "How mad is this? Like, this is insane to <laughs> me." Because I'm similar. I didn't go through any drama school or anything, or have any of that up- upbringing. Yeah. So it is just even at your stage in this career, is it you have that in- initial moment of, "Oh wow, this is." George Clooney and Julia Roberts, or is it kind of every now and then it will just bubble up and you have to, you know, I, yeah, it's never, it's never just, it never stays normal. None, none of what I do ever kind of is ever normal. It's I'm always being shocked. And so like mind blown by the people that I've gotten to work with. And I just feel so, so lucky, but yeah, definitely when I met them, I'm like, okay, I'm settled in. And then it kind of like would pop up again. And and then I'd get, you know, then I'm like, oh, oh, this, this is, this is Julia Roberts sitting in front of me. Um, <laughs> just really, just, it, it definitely was up and down for sure. <laughs> I love that. Well, you mentioned w- when you got the script, it looked like a good time. And one of the things I wanted to ask you about, because it's the tiny little, uh, little details that always fascinate me, but yeah. the traditional enjoying a holiday m- montage, that kind of opens like how are those bits to do where it has to be a load of footage of you enjoying having a swim enjoying hiking doing all of these other things is that shot throughout the time of filming or is it at the end of 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 the shoot as such they just say kind of can you go and and film a load of stuff you said your sister was out there as as well so I'm sure there was a lot of enjoying the the country as well oh my god for sure we were me my sister Billy Lord and her husband were going on adventures the whole time. We went to the Great Barrier Reef together. We went went on like a tour boat out two hours into the ocean and, and everybody was throwing up on the boat except for us. And it was really (laughs) quite an experience. We love Australia. We cannot wait to go back. Um, But with the montage stuff that we shot, some of it was kind of peppered in throughout, throughout the shoot. And then, most of what we did, like most of what you see at the end was actually at, at the beginning was at the end of the shoot. And it was kind of nice that way because Billy and I had spent so much time on yeah. the movie and we were really, really comfortable and uh, were able to just like play around and, and shoot. But yeah, we had to, we peppered it in just because of the different locations that we were shooting at. And uh, I love that moment in the movie. I think it's really think it's really sweet yeah it works perfectly i always remember working on a really low budget indie film and we'd all been we'd kind of got through to the end and then it was everyone's last day except for the lead and the director and that and they're like oh no we've got to fly off to 
Mallorca for four days and film the uh, <laughs> enjoying it's the holiday weird. type things. It's like, oh, oh. oh man, we've all had a really a tough time here and now you're ending in the sun and, and enjoying it all. Yeah. But I love that. Um, you, you touched upon kind of having drama classes at nine. You grew up in Arizona, right? What, what was your kind of upbringing and your route into acting? Because yeah. there's loads of parts of America that it isn't the obvious choice. It isn't the obvious, here's what we're going to do. So so what was your experience and, and route in, I guess? Yeah, you know, so I was born in Arizona and then moved to Texas when I was really young. So I kind of feel like I was raised in Texas mm-hmm. and, you know, growing up, I was always really, I just loved putting on plays for my parents. And when I got them to laugh, it was like the best feeling in the world. And I think I was constantly wanting to just be on Disney Channel. And so I was, it was more like, you know, I loved like playing jokes uh, and being and being like kind of playing and making fun of like, you know, different playing different characters in plays. with system. And then when I was around like eight, yeah, nine, nine years old, I saw The Sixth Sense for the first time. And right. I saw Tony Collette's performance in that. And I don't know what it was. It's just forever stood out to me. And immediately was something that I was like, oh, so I know that you can, I know that like feeling of laugh, like getting someone to laugh is like, it. it's like one of the best feelings in the world to make my parents laugh. Right. But now I feel moved in a different way. And it was like the first time I understood that you can not just make people laugh, but you can wow. also make them, yeah, like feel seen and seeing her performance. I, I really thought that I was like, I, I'd never seen a performance like that. That was so real. And, and she felt like a, a real person to me. And I was like, that's what I want to, I want to do. I want to do that. So, so so rare in horror as well, that she, it felt like a real person going through a really traumatic and unusual thing. Often it has to be all ramped up to 11 in horror, but it it felt so, Oh, this is what would happen if some, if this was happening in the real world rather than in a horror movie, you know? Right. Right. And so I, that really, really stood out to me. And then, I started going to acting classes after begging my my parents um, all the time, and they were so supportive of me. And my dad was the voice of Barney growing up, so when I was kind of around him doing working on his lines, and I could kind of get like he definitely inspired put like inspired me in a lot of ways to to be a performer in that way. But, uh, yeah, it was uh, pretty cool. It was I mean, pretty cool. I'm completely derailed here. Your dad was the voice of Barney, as in Barney the dinosaur. That. Yeah, sorry. I feel like I, I now... That's just, amazing. Uh, that must have been amazing to be around kind of yeah. growing up. <laughs> I love this this detail. <laughs> it's like this part of my life that is so random yeah. and awesome all at once. I think it's so cool. Uh, my dad, my parents are now like, you know, I was like, they, they started out with figure skating and, and then he went on to be the voice of Barney. And that's what moved us to Dallas, Texas, because the production of Barney the Dinosaur was done there. And I love it. I, I love talking about it. My parents are now like, I think you can probably stop talking about this it's now. amazing, <laughs> as if you'd ever stop talking about that. Yeah. No, it's um, it's really cool. That. So yeah, I think, I think my dad really inspired me. My parents were both really super supportive of me from, from the very beginning. With all me and my, my two sisters, they really allowed us to kind of really follow what we 
wanted and really supported us through it. I mean, speaking of following what you wanted, how was it to then work with with Tony Collette on on Unbelievable? Because that's amazing that that was kind of the the person who you saw and thought, "Wow, I want to do this." And then you're 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 working opposite them on this amazing, really powerful and a heavy subject, of course. But yeah, a hell of a show. How was that to be be part of? You know, oh my God. Well, <laughs> so. I just told you my sixth sense story and basically that, that she is like the reason why I wanted to be an actor. (laughs) And when I booked unbelievable, I kind of knew that I might not get an opportunity to really tell her that because I was, our stories are sort of parallel storylines and we would never actually have scenes together. Uh, I knew that going into it. And then we Netflix put together this, dinner for the filmmakers and the cast before we started shooting. And we're like at this really loud restaurant and she's sitting across from me, but it's really loud. But I, I, I thought that would be the moment to be like, Hey, I loved you. And I loved you in the success. And here's this whole story about how you basically are the reason why I started acting. Um, I thought that'd be a good moment to, to let her know, um, just right off meeting her. Um, but no, she, she was, I mean, I love her so much. And I think that she is so powerful and in so many ways. And I actually also went to a, an anniversary screening of Muriel's wedding during like towards the end of the unbelievable shoot. Cause our creator, Susanna Grant was moderating this, this Q and a with Tony afterwards. And that was really a moment where I actually got to hear her, her talk about, I had never really, I'm obsessed with watching interviews Mm -hmm. on YouTube but I had never actually watched an interview of hers. Uh, I also never really got to like talk to her until like promotion of unbelievable. So I was really getting to know her in this like interview. And I just appreciated, I I just loved like all of the things that she appreciated about acting. And it was like more of the smaller things. She was like, you know, Susanna asked her, what, what do you, what do you love? And she's like, I just love like the mornings and sitting in the trailer and talking to hair makeup and drinking my coffee. I love it. It's my favorite thing. And I just, there's something there's something about like all of the little things that I love about acting too that really make it just the the most fulfilling thing for me. So I I love her. I could talk about her all day. I, I love that. Well, just to put your mind at rest, you, you, you at dinner with Tony was me at lunch with Tucker, um, just just screaming. <laughs> I really love just just <laughs> the first time we've met. But um, well, I mean, continuing on that because you've touched upon you loved making your parents. L- laugh and your family laugh and you've talked about tony specifically who will turn on these powerhouse dramatic performances and then have a murals wedding or things like that where they're finding comedy and i wanted to talk about book smarts because again i think it was an absolutely astounding film and i remember watching it at the time and thinking number one how hilarious was but number two how important it felt because it was a female-led kind of coming-of-age frat comedy that was so aware of the tropes of of the often male-led teen comedies, but equally would choose to steer into the ones it wanted to and send up the ones it yeah. didn't. It wasn't just a "we're taking this down." This, you know, it was just well, here it is from our our point of view. So, how was that to work on and and really get yeah that comedy going in you? Gosh, it was it was such a good time. Um, I loved it so much. I love to be able to do both 
drama and comedy. And that is something that I really admire about, about Tony is that she is able to just, like you said, just completely go from one extreme to the next. And I've learned that I, I, that is one of my favorite things to do is just jump around and, and to be able to experience all kinds of different people and step into new shoes. And so I really think that I learn a lot about um, acting and work by working a different part of my brain each time. Cause you really do. And then also, and you, sometimes you don't expect to, but it really is like ticket to paradise was so drastically like the way that I was on, on that movie versus the way I was on dope sick or the way I was on book smart. Like I really learn a lot about myself to each job. So even doing, yeah, book smart was the most special <laughs> special time. It holds a really, really, really special place in my heart, that movie. And I just, I fell in love with, with that whole cast and just everything about it was so, it felt like summer camp. I mean, I had done the other like comedy I had started on was the sitcom I did for about, you know, I did from when I was like 13 until yeah, another one you grew up on, right? Literally, yeah, 20, grew up 23 on. years old. Yeah, I think I was 23 when it finally ended. And the last man standing, that was, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, so I, I had done comedy there and learned so much about it then. And then doing Book Smart was just a really exciting new experience. It was the first time I was like, you know, being given the opportunity to, to lead something alongside Beanie. And it was just, ugh. I was like, so I, I, again, I I just am so lucky to be able to switch it up because I know that it can be kind of, you know, it's, it's easy to kind of get stuck doing one things. People see you a a certain way once you're, once you're playing a character in, in in a show, especially, you know, for as long as I was at that time, I, it was kind of, I really wanted to make sure I was doing different projects, even while I was on the sitcom so that. I had, and and I was so grateful that people were giving me that opportunity. So I'm, I continue to be grateful for the fact that people still put their trust in me. And it's just because I, I, I love it. I couldn't decide between comedy or or drama ever. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, you've, 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 you've spoken a few times about the joy of working on projects and the family that you, you find whether it's cast or hair and makeup or whomever else. And I think that's, that's always the, the best thing to focus on but with book smarts i just want to ask if you were aware much of the reaction when it came out because i remember it's so clearly my twitter feed just blowing up with people saying you've got to go and see this film it's <laughs> not got the budgets of these other hollywood blockbusters that are out at the moment but you need to see it you need to support these films and it felt like there was just such a nice positive organic rallying around of that film it seemed to cause that in people were you aware of that and and yeah like how is that kind of thing when when it happens oh gosh i mean yeah it's my favorite my that that's one of my favorite parts of of my job and what i get to do and what actually doesn't even feel like a job which is i'm again it's just i'm so lucky and i never ever ever will take that for granted and but yeah the the building of a family each time and creating those bonds and coming together. And when you all feel like you're on the same mission and 
making something really special or really fun, or you're in a place that's like new and exciting, you know, it, we get to like live these new little lives for three months at a time. And then the sad part is you, you make all of these friends and then you have to leave them. But I think, uh, I think I have, you know, so many special memories from, from all the jobs that I've done. And, and what's cool is that you, you work with someone once and then you maybe run into them down the road. And it's, I, I feel a real sense of community in this, in this job. And, what I do. And so when Booksmart came out, the other thing too, is like, I never want to put with everything that I do, I don't want to have any expectations about what the release is going to be because you just literally never, it's unpredictable getting, getting jobs and getting work is unpredictable. You know, you go through phases where you're literally like your calendar is booked up so bad. And then you literally doing nothing for four months and you're like, okay, I have not worked in a long time. And then it happens again. And then it's, it's so up and down and so unpredictable, but the same thing goes for, I feel uh, with the release of things, you know, you, you, you hope that people understand what you made, but you know, you just literally never know. So when we made Booksmart, we were only, we were just coming together to make a story about female friendship and really kind of really incredible love story. And then what happened after that, same, it kind of the same thing with short-term 12 too, you know, we really didn't, one of those movies that was just kind of, I remember how awesome and dedicated everybody was on that shoot. And Destin Cretton is so, so, so talented. And we all just, you know, we had no idea the kind of love and support it would have. And it's, and still, even now, like, I think I hear about it all, all the time. And same goes for Booksmart. I feel like it's really has, has quite the life um, since its release. And it's so cool because i know that's a rarity too you know yeah. it's really really cool it really is so 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 what dr- draws you to a project i guess you mentioned that you got the script for ticket to paradise and it seemed like you know it was j- just gonna be so much fun to work on is it the script is it the cast is it the j- genre again you've jumped around in, in so many different areas and you've said how much you've enjoyed the variation like with Monsterland recently doing horror kind of thing and all that yeah. is it do you sit there and think i'd like to do this genre next or do you as you say see what comes along and and see what attracts you you know um i really kind of i kind of like the unknown aspect of it i kind of like the fact that i don't know whether i'm gonna fall in love with a horror film next or a sci-fi film or a rom-com i just i i like the unknown aspect of, of that. And so when I read something, it's more about like a gut instinct. And then after that, you start to think about, you know, first of all, like the gut instinct is just, do I love this project? Am I really passionate about it? And then I usually like to really switch things up. And then, and then the past couple of years, it's really kind of worked out in such a way where I kind of did a dramatic role and then I did a little more of a comedic role. And then I did this movie called Rosalind, which was uh, like a lighthearted Shakespearean comedy. And then yeah. this. It's and about so it, Romeo's jilted ex, right? And kind of yeah. telling from, from, from their perspective. Yeah. I am making these conscious choices, but I'm also, I feel like it kind of is just happening organically as well. Kind of a, a mixture of both of those things. So 
but yeah, for Ticket to Paradise, I just, you know, I knew that I had never done a rom-com before. I'd been wanting to do one. It just, um, this one felt like the <laughs> right one, obviously, because yeah. of George and Julia <laughs> and the fact that I'd be playing their daughter is is pretty, you know, it's so mind-blowing. And then I loved the script and I, I, I just thought it would just be a really fun movie. And I thought it was also something that I think people really would be wanting to see at a movie theater right now after the past couple of years we've had. And it's so cool. I remember when all told me, um, I ran into him at a, at a party a couple of years ago and he had said that he said, I'm, I'm, I'm writing something for you with, with you in mind. And I, I totally did not believe him. Like yeah. he say things all the time, didn't believe him at all. And then he sent me an email four or five months later with the ticket to paradise script attached and told me about George and Julia. And I, I just, I'm just, it's so crazy. <laughs> I love it. That's a hell of an email to get. Um, you, yeah. you, you've mentioned it's a rom-com, but I would say for vast swathes of the, of the film, it's an equal part pro romance as it is anti romance because of George <laughs> and, and, and Julia's characters and, and their yeah. experience. Um, where do you sit? On, on the kind of romance scale, do, do you see yourself as romantic? Are you more cynical or, you know, somewhere in between? What's your personal uh, uh, stance there? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I think I maybe, I don't know. I, I, I'm a romantic person. I feel like I've, my whole life, I've been just surrounded by my, my parents who are just still so much in love to this day. And they've been together since they were 16. So they've, and they've known each other wow. since they were 10 years old. So they've really kind of set the bar high in terms of like, what a yeah. beautiful, <laughs> loving relationship can be. And uh, I've been shown that my whole life. So, but yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a romantic, I'm a romantic person, I'd say. I love it. Um, <laughs> well, I, I, I want to kind of, you've mentioned Dope sick a couple of times. And again, another astounding show. And that kind of, I know there was a few years distance, but production wise, that, that, that and unbelievable. How do you find working on stuff that's, you know, based in reality? It's telling, you know, tr true stories, true experiences, particularly when they're really heavy and dark and emotional true stories is there any different approach in your prep or your your outlook on it yeah how do you go into those projects um so i mean when unbelievable came to my email as a it came in as an audition and i read the first script and i listened to the this american life podcast and just it's something that is just immediately so heartbreaking and you can't fathom that this happened and it's still happening in the world. And I had the same reaction with, with dope sick too. It was just a shocking mm -hmm. and, and just crazy read. And I, I couldn't, I, I was just so shocked um, when I first read that script and I just had for both of those projects, I had just a really, I was so desperate to be a part of both of them. And I felt like whenever you can get the opportunity to, tell that kind of story and to 
shed light on something that really, really does deserve to be told in a, both of those shows were being put on like huge platforms like Netflix yeah. and Hulu. And yeah. I think that's so important. And when I get to, you know, do what I love, but also do that and, and be a part of like a really, really meaningful project. I think that that's just like the best, what a dream, you know, combination. So I think with both of those projects, I'm so grateful. I learned so much on, on both of them. And, and I think that what was so incredible is that they had, you could really see, you could see the impact they, they both had on, on people in different ways, but people felt really seen by both of them and felt heard and they were better to, you know, they were able to better understand those issues that were discussed. And I'm just, again, just, it's, I'm, I want to continue to seek out those kinds of projects because I think it's it's really it's really important to be a part of them yeah I love that well before I wrap things up I'm still kind of in in intrigued by your mention of of coming over to do a Shakespearean course at RADA and it being very different and intense the the experiences I have of different kind of intense acting classes is that there'll be a lot that maybe doesn't carry forward with me but there'll be a few small bits here and there that do. So, so is, is that your experience? Or if so, can you think of anything that yes. you may have had a lot of it that were like, man, that was a lot, but then some small bits that, yeah, this is now part of my process. From RADA specifically. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so I was actually just talking about this the other day. So I was 18. I'd been to London, but haven't, hadn't spent any time there. It was my first time like leaving the States without a parent. I was going with my sister and her two friends and we all applied for this course and we all got in and we went and I had no knowledge on Shakespeare. Really. I hadn't ever studied it before. I think I, I, I I read Romeo and Juliet in high school, but that was, that was it. And my sister knew much more about Shakespeare. So I was going into it literally like kind of clueless almost. Yeah. I'm like, why did I do this? <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess because I thought I was going to learn about Shakespeare, but in, it, it, in reality, it was all of these, I was surrounded by all these kids that just were well-versed and so mm. knowledgeable. And, and Shakespeare was just such a large part of, of their, of their life. And I had just like no idea. And I felt like kind of isolated in, in the the classes that I was taking because, because of that. And then um, I was having a really hard time actually there because, because of that. And now everyone around me seemed like they knew exactly what they were doing. And I felt so clueless. And then I was trying to do something. I was trying to kind of mimic or kind of emulate the way that they were doing things. And then I finally, or, or the, or kind of maybe what I thought I was supposed to do when you're performing Shakespeare. Yeah. And then I realized that I had a really cool moment at the very end where um, the teacher sort of, I think he just kind of inspired me to just like, let go of all of that and just yeah. see what happens naturally. And I spoke these like Shakespearean lines as I would in all of the acting that I was doing at home. Cause I was already working at that time and doing just, I had done justified. Yeah. I had done the show and, and short-term 12 by then. And so I'm like, maybe if I just do what I'm, what I know here, yeah. it might feel right. And then it was that my, my teacher came up to me after class and he was like, it was, that was the most incredible 
thing I've ever seen. And, and, and I finally, at the very end of, of the course, I finally got to this place of like, oh, maybe I just need to like trust my instincts rather than like trying to, I was so stressed about not knowing what Shakespeare, you know, and not understanding it like everybody else. But if I just really just just got rid of all of that. And so I think about that a lot. And I can't believe it played out like a Shakespearean play. <laughs> you had all of the pain and discomfort and then the big moment in lightning at the end. It's, yeah. it's a beautiful thing. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll wrap things up as I've taken up plenty of your times, but I just want to ask what's ahead. You mentioned uh, Rosalind, which, you know, you could have drawn from all your Shakespeare yes. experience now at this yes, point. Yes, except for the fact that it's all modernized dialogue, which is really <laughs> <Yeah>. funny. <laughs> yes, but that's coming out. I don't know when, when it's coming out in the in the UK, mm-hmm. but it's definitely coming out, or I think it's coming out the same date everywhere, October yeah. 14th, and then Ticket is coming out October 21st in the States. That's what I know. But yes, that's coming out soon, and Ticket's coming out soon. Yeah. Perfect. Well, thank you very much for for giving me your time. It's been an absolute pleasure. Oh, thank you. It was so, so nice talking to you. And you. You've been listening to Scroobius Pip's Distraction Pieces. There we go. That was Caitlin Dever. I hope you enjoyed that. And I hope you enjoyed hearing my mind fizz, as Caitlin casually said, when my dad was, you know, the voice of Barney and moved on. And I'm sitting there like, I can't concentrate on anything you're saying after the words, my dad was the voice of Barney. And thankfully, I was able to bring it back. And Caitlin was so happy to talk about all that is amazing what a conversation that's genuinely one of my favorite of the year and i don't say that all the time everyone says i say that all the time but i don't but yeah i hope you enjoyed that ticket to paradise is in cinemas now and i'll be back next week with more goodness until then stay safe and stay sane